Welcome to your podcast, Leadership is Tricky, where we'll tackle various topics, challenges, and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership. So let's design success together. Now your hosts. All right, folks, how you doing? This is Eric from Leadership is Tricky, and welcome back, Stephen. Welcome back, indeed. Good. Up. What's up, Brian? Uh, not Brian. Oh, Eric. He gave me a new name. Hey. I'm like thinking of different people. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome back, and uh, you've got some news for us, and um, yeah. So I do. So where'd you go? Um, I've been here. I look a little bit different. Um, I've been living the uh, newborn dad life, and just kind of what COVID's done to all of us. Um, you know, I've had to take the brief hiatus. I, I want to say I've missed everybody out there, missed you, Eric, and having these conversations. Um, these do drive me forward. So I'm a little bit anxious and nervous, to be honest with you. This has been like a long time coming with me trying to get back to here, talking with our audience, having those conversations, and just uh, talking about how tricky this thing called leadership really is. So uh, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, well, and we're glad to have you back. I know we've had some folks asking, hey, where's Steven? And, you know, we've had some folks fill in um, over the last, uh, you know, several episodes. And, you know, Dr. Steven Carter was on with us for a few episodes. And we have some recorded with uh, some some other folks that, uh, you know, during the pandemic, uh, we brought them on during, you know, different times of, of uh, you know, recording. So, um, you know, they'll Which be Which is cool, right? I mean, there's so many there's so many people out there that want to be a part of this little thing that you're creating and we're creating. Um, it's, you know, kudos to all of them and thanks. It's been great to see just other people get their story out there, their platform, their ideas. And, uh, this is what this is all about. So, um, oh, it's been great to watch and listen. Yeah. There's plenty to talk about too. So, you know, uh, one, we wanted to follow up with you and, you know, your situation of, you know, uh, now having two children, uh, you know, one, you know, um, still in, you know, diapers and still being held and bringing the pain. And, um, you know, then we, what else has gone on? Uh, we just had an inauguration. Um, so we, we have did. a new change in leadership, um, you mm-hmm. know, in our country and we've got COVID still raging and, um, vaccines out there. And, um, yeah. So where do, where do we start? Right. It's not, it's not like it's boring out there or anything. <laughs> nah, there's plenty, there's plenty to talk about. And, um, yep. But one of the things that I really want to hit on today is I really want to talk about leadership, but not in the office sense, right? We've been talking a lot about leadership in the professional world. I want to talk about leadership in the home, right? Um, and specifically, how do we lead our families, right? How do we embrace fatherhood and work through the the heightened state of chaos that we talk about all the time, Um you know, but I, I want I want to hear from you is like, you know, how how has it been for you as a as a, you know, the, a father of a second child and, you know, leading and balancing everything um, in your household? So the, where I would begin is kind of what I said earlier. The reason why I've been on this little um, break from leadership is tricky. We had our first uh first child in an overseas international country. Uh, if you all don't know, I live in Germany and work here. And this is not my native tongue, my native country or by any means, but uh, we had our child in June of this last year. So that's where the story begins. Um, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, leading through the chaos and the uncertainty and being resilient, you could put that all together in a sandwich and call it exactly what those first few months were like. Um, the process is completely different, but at the end of the day, 
you know, someone, and it was either my wife or myself kind of stepping into that role of here's some information, let's go do something with it. Um, maybe it was right or wrong, but you learn from it and you keep moving forward. So if there was like a, an initial lesson learned, it was just to be bad first. I, I love that phrase. I've heard it many times, but um, you know, my wife going into labor about 10, 10 30 at night, um, going to the hospital and there's nobody in the parking lot, not knowing what door to go to, ringing on different buzzers to try and get let in and then finding the, uh, the, 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 the delivery area. Um, that was a crazy time, but we got through it and, um, you know, shout out to my wife. She, uh, she literally gave an all natural birth within 30 minutes of us showing up. So, um, you could also say that there's the other silver lining to leadership is making a decision um, in the moment versus waiting for all of the data to come to you. I, there was nothing else to wait for. The only thing that we did analyze, if there was something to analyze, was she talked about the contractions and, you know, me not being as prepared as I probably should have been. She's, we timed them finally for the, about 10 o'clock at that evening. And they were coming out to be about four minutes apart. So I'm on Google, like an idiot, you know, thinking, you know, maybe we got some time, we're good. And it's like between three and six minutes, you should be going to the hospital. So uh, yeah, we got the bag and at least we had the bag and everything packed. And um, we had our, you know, drop off point for our other daughter who uh, needed to go and kind of spend the night with some friends of ours. Um, but yeah, you got to make decisions in the heat of the moment. And we did. And luckily our son is here and healthy. And seven months later, literally yesterday, um, we've been going through this thing. Um, the only other thing to touch on was, you know, the process of having a baby in this country is a lot different than, you know, most of our listeners probably listening to us from America. Um, it's not as I would say touchy feely. I don't know another word to say. It's all about like you and the child, like doing everything kind of solo and it's little to no intervention from the midwives or the nurses that come in and, and care for you. So you're kind of on your own. Um, I would say that would probably be scary if it was your first child. It's always scary with any child, but we knew a little bit of what we needed to do. So you go through that initial bonding and stuff and we were going through a little bit of a heat wave, my wife being solo. Plus, you know, you said it earlier, COVID. I was not able to even spend the night or be there other than one hour a day. So luckily, uh, you know, our son didn't have any, you know, comp 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 complications with uh, jaundice or any of that stuff going on. So he was able to come home within 48 hours. So uh, we just kind of went through it and enjoyed the moment as much as we could and finally got to our home base and um, I've been here ever since. Yeah, so it's interesting because you know you have all these things going on, right? And, um, and you're right, in Germany, um, the, the level of care is, is good. However, there's not a lot of um, emotion um, you know, there's not a lot of pampering, right, to say the least. Um, but so, so now you have your second child, um, you know, both of you are working. Um, you know, you have another uh, another daughter there that, you know, is out of school because of COVID because we're on lockdown here. Um, and, you know, you, you have a pretty, you know, demanding job. And how are, how are you how's the dynamics change in the household? <laughs> right. That, you know, you have to find a balance and, you know, what, what was what, what would have been some boiling points, you know, for those out there that are listening that are probably going through the same thing, you know, as a father, 
um, you know, in, in the household? You know, what are some things that have had to change, some things that you learned about yourself that you didn't know before that you had to kind of work through? I mean, your, your big philosophy, Eric, is adaptive leadership. And I think that is the most important thing of all, like throw the playbook out the window. Um, all of us have had to do that. If it's not professional, it's also with our personal uh, experience. And, you know, I don't want this to come across as me complaining or, you know, trying to ask for sympathy or anything like that. But I will say, don't ever choose to have a child during a pandemic. I would think that's the first, um, <laughs> the first point of information, I would say. Um, but every day is different. And I know that's cliche. But when I when I say that, what I mean is, I love to make sure that, you know, milestones and different things are hit with regards to our children, our family situation or whatnot, and be kind of structured in our planning and make sure that we're doing the right things. Um, but now that we have this situation that we're in right now, um, you know, let's get, you get back to like, you know, the hierarchy of needs that Maslow put out there. Are we safe? Are we healthy? Do we have food? And are we relatively, uh, happy in spirit and, and whatnot, what's going on. And can we, can we talk with our family and stuff at the end of the day, we have that. So our whole like structure of, of what we cherish and, and kind of, you know, just um, hold credence to with regards to our, just our day to day, what we think, you know, our higher being for when we go to bed and wake up, is completely different. Um, I will say also, a big help for us was my mom. Um, we were able to have her come out and be a part of our experience out here. And I say it loosely because she got a quick dose of taking care of a child and not having that kind of break from the kid and everything. Um, but we were pretty fortunate to have that. Uh, you know, and Amanda and I, my wife, we, we talk uh, you know, consistently about, are we doing the right things? Are we making the right decisions? At the end of the day, I mean, only history is going to tell us that. And like I said, we keep going back to, are we healthy, happy? Right. We have food and water, shelter. At the end of the day, nothing else is, is important, really. So we are checking those boxes. I feel pretty happy about that. Would I, would, would I like a better situation for my five-year-old? Of course. Would I would want a better situation for us? Yes. And for, for our son? Of course. You know, getting him into kind of the childcare environment, exposing him to potentially other germs. Cause we already know when he goes to school, he's going to be sick, you know, day one, day two, day three. So. Oh, they're Petri they're dishes. Are, yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I, that's, that's the whole point that first year you want to get them out and get them exposed to that. So we're delaying a lot of the inevitable, but um, you know, that doesn't matter. Uh, we're good. We're happy. And honestly, what you said about how this country treats, you know, having children it's been a blessing really because it's really forced us into the deep end and we've had to learn how to tread water like we've never had to. Right. So seven months later, yeah, it's been, it's been value add and I can't say that I would trade it for what we've uh, been through so far. Yeah. So my kids are a little older, right? So I got six and four and we had my yeah. youngest in Belgium. Um, now you talk <laughs> about uh, a culture shock um, and you know, we were in the poor part of Belgium Um not saying anything bad about the people, but I will tell you the infrastructure just wasn't there. They don't, and then they don't really speak English, right? So we had a yep. full blown um, birth in French in a hospital that looked like it was still war torn post, you know, World War II. Um, 
Yeah, and it was it, it was a scary situation, but what we found is that we were, you know, one kids are pretty resilient, right? Um, yeah. And then us as as fathers, you know, I would just, I can only talk about my experience. Um, you know, having the first kid in the in we we had our first kid in Virginia, but you know we took we took the classes, you know, we went out to the we bought the books, you know that there's that book that uh, you know uh, you know uh, have, having your kid in the first year or whatever, and you're reading everything you you've baby proof the house and um you know you start really looking at how do you balance your your budgets and you know you make sure you have the new car with the this all the safety features that you can find out there probably overpaid <laughs> on something right you know and then you put your kid in there for the first time and you're driving probably like 10 miles an hour on the freeway you know because you don't know what to do and then you but you get to your second one uh, if you fast forward, right, you have our second one in Belgium and it's kind of like just routine. Like we know what to do from the point of birth all the way to getting them home. But then it changes. It's the next day. Right. Because these are things that you've never done before of having two kids juggling the job. Right. Your wife's got, you know, one kid taking care of you've got the other one. Got to get them ready for school. At the time she was uh, going to Belgian kindergarten or whatever. But yeah. um, it, it, those are the things that I know you've gone through over the last seven months is like trying to adjust to having these two small human beings under your care, your responsibility. Um, and then the pressures as a father, right. Um, of trying to make sure to your point that we have shelter, that we have food, that everyone's taken care of, right. Emotionally, spiritually, all of that. And then that your wife has a foundation and an outlet as well. Right. Cause we have to absorb a lot of the, the stress, yeah, we do. That they're under, right? As they're, you know, they're adapting to the to the the, the new situation and all of that. But, um, but I just wanted to uh, talk about though um, when we talk about fatherhood because I was just talking to someone before you and I were talking, um, and they were mentioning, you know, their leadership journey started when they had their first child, and then you know they thought they had it figured out, and then they had their second child and it just threw it all out of whack, you know. <laughs> Um, but you know, well, it's funny you say that because a lot of people I'm sure listening would be like, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a second kid during a pandemic or whatnot, when you have the second kid, everything is completely different. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, um, yeah. And then we were just talking about, you know, trying to balance it all. And, you know, one of the things that I made mention was I wasn't, I wasn't truly a man until I had my first kid. Cause there wasn't that pressure on me to have to adapt. Cause before that it was just me, um, my wife and, and, you know, yeah. she was my girlfriend at one point and life was good. I'm talking well, what we thought was good up to that point. You know, we'd be going out, hit cafes, we go out, you know, late at night, have some drinks, come back, sleep in, you know, till whatever time. And then just kind of like, just, <laughs> just kind of, it sounds glorious at this point, but you know, we those, just those, those BK days, man, before kid days. Right. And then you have your kid <laughs> and then like, I'm talking about the world smacks you in the face. It's yeah. like, how do I now become a man? How do I now become accountable and responsible for my family? And then, you know, the days of, man, I, I would love to buy those, those sneakers or, you know, that, that cool jacket or a golf club or whatever, that stuff is gone. It's, I got to buy bottles and, and, uh, you know, those, those wraps and, and all kinds of stuff for, for the kids. And, yep. um, but then your, 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 your mind changes too. It's like, now I have to go into, I, I truly have to provide and secure 
a better life for my family. I mean, I don't know if you've, you felt that as well as you had your first child and then how's that changed into your second, but you know, what are you? Yeah. Thoughts? So it's funny because something clicks in our heads. I think it's evolution um, at, at its best of humans and what we're, what we're designed to do. Right. I mean, you can agree or disagree, but we're on the earth to procreate. That's just the bottom line to make our, make sure our species continue on our family structures continue on. I know some people don't believe in kids and that that's, that's another conversation in and of itself, but there is something biological that comes on, not only in the father's head, but the mother as well, that nurturing spirit and, you know, the, the motherly actions. That's why the baby goes directly to the mother when they're born so that they have that initial bond. And then they even incentivize the fathers to do it now. So I was sitting in there with the first and second kid, no shirt on, dad bought in full glory. Skin and, skin. Uh, you know, of course, man. I mean, those are the beautiful moments that you can't describe to anybody right. unless they've had a child. So, you know, when you have these conversations with, with other parents, especially younger parents, like, like we are, um, it, it's very, it's very true. And they tell you like, these are the years to really relish and, and take advantage of because these kids that we have that I have outside this door right here, they're completely dependent on us. And it's only going to get less and less by the day, um, which is kind of a leadership, uh, you know, kind of you know, lesson learned that we've, that I've experienced since the first child is, you know, at the beginning of any relationship, if it's your child, if it's a team at work, when you are first introduced to them, you know, there's a lot of this, you know, getting to know phase. And, you know, even with the second child, you know, I, I kept saying to my wife, like, I want the, I keep using military terms, the battle rhythm or the routine set in stone. And I wanted to get to like how we're going to do baths at night and bottles and put kids to sleep and bedtime stories. And then during the day, when are they going to be taking naps? And I checked myself. I'm like, why am I so obsessed and stressed about this when I just need to live in the moment? Like I, I'm trying to get us to this next step and I'm missing out on like right now. So, you know, since the first child now and the second child, we're in this stage of he doesn't know who I am. I don't know who he is yet. And every day we learn a little bit more. And even in a relationship at the office, after you do that, they're going to probably need and want you less and less. You know, obviously you're working with adults in the office, so it's a little bit, you know, shortened, but the analogy is still true. There's going to be a culture of trust built there, the child or the dependents or whatever, the, the protege, the mentee, is going to learn and, and want for, for less and less. And you're going to probably want and learn for less and less, maybe even more. But once you get to that point of full trust and, 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 and direction that you're leading, you know, magic happens. And I think that's where I'm starting to get with my five-year-old, which is pretty fun to watch, you know, just letting her kind of be her own person. And the second child has accelerated that because when you have just one, you know, your attention is fully on that person right. and rightfully so they're your only uh, child, but now I'm playing zone defense half the time. So we're trading kids and she's going to have to like learn how to, you know, take care of herself some more, do the stuff at nighttime by herself some more, make her own food for instance, or clean up herself. And um, so it's been interesting to watch her do that and me adjust my tactics to, uh, to coach and mentor her into those different roles as well. Yeah, one of the things that I found, and I don't know if you if you feel this way as well, is like like COVID has really changed the way that I think of integrated life. Um, you know, everyone talks about 
you know, work life balance. I don't believe in that because um, that means, you know, one has to outweigh the other. I think integrated life is like, how do we go in and out of the rhythm of life, the flow of sure. life? And, you know, you give a little bit more here, you take a little bit more over there. But what I was finding is like I was giving everything to work. Um, you know, when did you realize that? Um, I'll probably say this summer. Um, no, so I maybe three, four, three, four months after COVID for the most part. Right. So, yeah. Cause I mean, you know me well, right. Um, when I'm all in on something, I'm all in even to my detriment. Yeah, you are. Um, but what I was finding <laughs> is like, even as I was going into, you know, more telework that I would be on the box at six 30 in the morning and I'm there until like nine o'clock at night and I've missed the entire day. I've missed my entire family time. Um, and then one day my daughter, um, my youngest daughter, um, she said, dad, can I show you something real quick? And I said, wait, let me send this email. She says really quick. I just want a minute. Um, wow. at that point, one, I started crying. Yeah. I had tears in my eyes cause she's looking at mm. me. Um, and I felt so ashamed and I just logged off for the day and spent time with my daughter. Um, and then, you know, I had the conversation with my wife and my wife was like, yeah, but you, she was like, you don't even take a break to eat lunch. Right. She's like, you're on this thing all day. And yeah, life is passing you by. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, I had to really I mean, I, I reached out to some mentors and we had conversations and I told myself I got to create boundaries where I'm going to give my, you know, eight and a half, you know, nine hours to, to the work and I'm going to be all in. But because my kids are going through this whole COVID environment as well and their school and kindergarten, all that stuff is disrupted that when they come up to me, I have to pause, stop and focus um, on them um, because they have something to say and then I need to shut shut it off. So now I log off the box. I don't check my email um, until the next day. Um, I try not to answer any messages that come in um, until the next day or at least until they're, you know, they're asleep. But I had to create boundaries because my family life was suffering because of this, of not having an integrated life. Um, So if one thing came out of this is I think, and my wife is, she agrees, I'm a better father for it and I'm a better husband for it because I'm more present um, in the moment. And these are things that, you know, I've talked to um, other fathers that have dealt with what I'm dealing with. You know, their kids are out of the school and they all have regrets because they did not do that throughout their career. And you and I, we share a, a acquaintance, you know, Alan Strunk. Yep. Um, we had, a, we had another podcast with him, but you know, he, he told me that that's one of his biggest regrets is that he didn't spend family time with his kids and his kids are off at college. You know, he even missed his daughter's high school graduation where she was the valedictorian because of work, you know, and these wow. are the big regrets that he's, that he had. And, he shared that with me and I'm telling you, it clicked for me when I saw my daughter asking me for one minute and my initial reaction to it all was, I don't have that minute to give you. Right. But at the end of the day, none of my coworkers, none of my bosses, none of those people are going to be there. You know, when I'm gazing at that, that white tunnel that I'm heading towards, or, you know, I'm having that out of body experience and hooked up to machines, you know, um, you make me think about, uh, have you seen the new movie soul? No, I haven't seen it. My kids saw it, but I haven't oh. seen it. So uh, what you're describing is exactly what that movie's about. Um, just shout out to the to the listeners out there. Um, no, just to add to what you're saying, 
the the other flip side of that I would I would that I've had to contemplate because I've had the same kind of um, moments is putting myself in my daughter's shoes because she's the one that's asking me for the same things you know can can we go do this can we go play princess can we go do you know play out in the snow and things like that and um, what is what is her thought process when I tell her no or wait or I'll be right there and then thirty minutes later I've forgotten and she's moved on to something else it's almost like to, from my perspective with my daughter, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, you know, she's only going to ask so many times and then she'll just stop. And I have had to consciously think about if I keep doing this, I'm just putting that divide between her and I, and this is the time where she's like all in on daddy. So like, why would I not like, like cherish this time? Cause there's going to be a moment where we're not going to have the same closeness that we do today. And, it's perfectly fine. I mean, that's how, that's how raising a child will go. But um, I think it's, it's great that you've been aware of that and have sought out the advice of others and you're putting it out there again today. So if we change one father out there or even mother or whatever um, it's the fact that like living now and being, being more present with your family, it's been a silver lining to this COVID experience. I would say you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I would, I would say it's probably the best thing that's happened for, and, and, and look, I'm very sensitive that people have lost family members and, and, and gotten sick and, you know, um, so I, I'm not dismissing any of that. So if anyone's listening, please know that I, you know, my, my, my heart goes out to, to everyone that's been affected. Um, but for, for, for my family, it's probably been the best thing for us to get closer because we're all going through it together. Um, and it's made me realize that what's important in life, because I thought it was the next job, right? To be the senior executive and, you know, the, the, the titles and the accolades and all that other crap that comes with a paycheck, yep. right? The reality is, is I'm good at what I do. I'm going to continue to be good at what I do, but I can do it within the, the boundaries that I've set for myself. And if people can't re- understand that, that I have boundaries and I want to be there for my family, be present, then that's that's on them, right? Um, but I'm going to give them all I got within the, the time that I've allotted for them that I'm being paid for. Um, yeah, because... So here's here's a question for you then. Right. So po- post-COVID, when we get through all of this and we're maybe not working at home as much, how are you going to keep that value now that you've kind of put on a pedestal for yourself? How are you going to keep true to that? Yeah. So it's a matter of just what you just said right now. It is one of my core values and core values don't change before. It was more of a belief and beliefs, you know, they go like the wind. Um, So to me, my family is at the top of my pyramid of core values and I I won't change that. Um, I'm telling you, we're flourishing. You know, my my marriage is is great. Um, The decisions that we've made for our family are promising. Uh, My kids are thriving because they get to spend time with with dad because I mean, and, you know, you and I have discussed it, but, you know, we've we've put activities on the on the on the schedule for us to, you know, build robotics or do a children's book or, um, you know, write music because my daughter wanted to do it. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of drawing and, you know, we're, to your to your point where you're saying princesses and Barbies. Right. I've I've been all in on making voices for Barbie Dreamhouse, but it's those moments that they're going to remember. Right. I don't want to be the memories. God forbid something happened to me tomorrow is dad always shushed me away because of work. You know what I mean? Well, and to add to it, my, 
and this is just full transparency. Um, my five-year-old, well, at the time she was four, when COVID happened, she was not dealing with it well at all. So another leadership is tricky idea, right? So you might have someone working for you, or even in this case, a family member that's going through their own stress and anxiety. And, you know, how do you talk a four-year-old through what a pandemic is, a one in 100 year event, and have her understand that it's a thing that floats in, you know, out there that we all can potentially breathe in and we have to wear a mask. And she wasn't getting it. And she was literally like mm. having emotional episodes. And what you're saying is so important because after all this is done, when she's looking also back on her four and five year old life, which, you know, she probably won't remember everything these years. I don't remember everything when I was four or five, but it's so important because these could be those things that um, she either looks at positively or negatively. So if she's looking into your case, all this daddy time that she had and all of the fun that they, that you did having the experiments or playing outside, riding bikes, doing all the fun stuff, the COVID thing is going to be like a positive in her mind going forward. And she's going to be like, that was the best time of my life. I wish we could do COVID all the time, <laughs> which is don't. funny to say out loud. Right. I'm, and again, I'm not disparaging all of the loss that's out there because it's incredibly sad and, and it's so real, but for where we are both at with our children and I'm sure other people out there, that's what we've had to, to flip on its head. And it's hard because I have responsibilities to the job and to the organization and I'm all in there. And those people that work for me and with me, um, I, I owe them the time and the effort and the dedication as well. But at the end of the day, you, I, I mean, I, I am in wholehearted agreement. They're, the, the people that really matter are the blood and the family that surrounds you and supports you through all of this. Because we're always going to have different jobs and different you know, people that, that come and, and go throughout our lives outside of the family. Um, it's been very, very important to, to get back to that core value. Yeah, no, I, I don't would, know if I'm all, yeah, go no, ahead. I would say, you know, the people that, you know, the people that I work with, I mean, um, and, and you know this, I mean, I've always asked, you know, how are you, how's your family doing? Is yeah. everyone safe? Um, you know, what are your goals, your aspirations? What are your dreams? And I will help you. I will help anyone. Right. Um, and I believe in that cause that's my purpose, right? My purpose is to serve and I will serve them. My thing is, I can't serve you all of the time. I'm going to serve you. You know, I'll be a servant leader during that window to maximize sure. that window. Everything outside of that window is to those other things, those other um, entities that I hold near and dear to my heart because they deserve a piece of me as well. What was happening yeah. is I was stretched so thin trying to serve everyone all of the time that I wasn't doing any, any of it effectively. Um, and, I will tell you that was a defining moment for me. And, um, yeah. And, you know, you and I've had this conversation. I think we talked about it a week ago. It's like, I'm all in on my family. I, I have to be and cause at the end of the day, when they're standing around my tombstone and they see 1981 and they see whatever year I, uh, right. They're the only ones that can fill in that dash. And I don't want them to fill in the dash with dad always shushed me away. He never made time for us. He was all in on work. He was all about making money and making and, and, and shining, his light on everyone else and how they perceived him and working on his legacy. Right. Well, the legacy within my family is, is that he never had time for us. I don't want that. Um, Roger. 
and you know just listening to other folks that have went all in on a career at to you know to the detriment of their family and how they perceive them you know the broken relationships within the walls of their sanctuary um yeah, yeah i don't want that it's funny though because it seems like a broken record there's so many people out there that have the same advice yet we and i and this is the proverbial we not you and i but right. we just do this to ourselves and i don't again, this could be a great other episode that we do um, getting into, you know, why is the self-fulfillment in the work or office place potentially more than at the home with the family and all of that, which there's a lot of reasons, which I'm sure we can't even think of half of them. Um, And we have our own opinion, which could be right or wrong. Uh, It's a beautiful thing you said though, um, albeit very real about the dash and it's something that you've brought up a lot with the people that work with you and around you. It's uh, it's humbling to think about that. And if anything else that COVID has done for us, it's put that into perspective is what are you all about? What are you, what is, what are you going to hang your hat on at the end of the day? And, um, and those family members and the close ones that are around you, what will they think of Eric Ocasio or Stephen Olick, you know? So, um, it's pretty it's enlightening. I, I don't want to bring this episode down, but I, I just think it's, it's important to bring to light what you just said because of how real it is. And if you haven't had that aha moment out there to the listeners, um, it's coming because COVID's going to, going to bring that out in everybody, I think. And yeah, I think other, it's every, go ahead. No, cause I think it's time for everyone to really take a look at themselves and understand what their purpose is or you're yeah. always going to live someone else's purpose, right? The job is going to chew you up and spit you out. Um, yeah. It is. It's going to, if you want to give the time, they're going to take the time, right? Cause at the end of the day, it's about the output. That's what's what it's, it's about the results, right? You're the it's number, real, you're the number on the spreadsheets and about the results. But when I walk in my door, I'm Eric, I'm dad. Um, you know, when I'm on zoom with my family, I'm, I'm Eric, the son, the brother, the, the uncle, Right. And that's that's the nucleus that I'm going to hang my hat on. Um, Yeah. So so with that, though, for everyone out there that's kind of struggling with what we're talking about today, um, if you want to, you know, send your comments in and share those, um, you know, we'll we'll have a follow up episode to this. And you can reach us at uh, Eric, E-R-I-C-K at leadership is tricky dot com. You can leave us a note on our Facebook site or our LinkedIn um, site. Um, you can leave me, leave a comment on, um, Spotify or Apple podcast or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, however, you guys can reach us on our website. Um, you can hit the contact us form and, um, that'll reach us as well. Um, Steve, I'm glad that you're back. I thought this was a great discussion. Um, got really real cause I'm kind of, I want to go hug my kids now. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll leave you with the last word. Yeah, I just want to say thank you again, Eric, for, um, you know, forcing me to get back on the box with you today because I just wasn't thinking about it. So I'm happy to have done this. I hope I get to do this more. Um, And just my last point to everyone out there. I don't have the answers. I know Eric doesn't have the answers to what we talked about today. This is our truth that we know to be true right now in this moment. Um, I'm going to struggle walking out this door in a second and joining the family again and doing dinner here. And um, every day is just, it's a, it's a blessing for, for us being where we're at. Um, and I hope that others, if they're struggling out there, please take up Eric on those um, ideas to connect with us. Cause we do want to have 
additional conversation about it if we can. And a lot of people have been putting that on their LinkedIn tag or whatever, you know, for free consulting or whatever. It's not about the free consulting. We just want to talk to people if you're struggling or, or have questions or just want to get through something that you're working through. So um, we're always here to listen and help as well. All right. Well, thanks, listeners. Um, again, you can reach us on all our podcast on all major podcast platforms. Um, you can reach us at leadershipistricky.com. You can reach us on all of the social media outlets under Leadership is Tricky. Um, yeah, so we're going to leave it at that. And uh, for our listeners that have come back and uh, and listened to us or our loyal listeners out there, thank you. If it's your first time, welcome. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys enjoy the rest of your day.